Jacob Aldridge here from Don't Waste a Good Recession, economic snapshot number 16, Overall the last globally, of our weekly snapshots before we shift into the monthly economic program. You can learn more about that, watch our separate video, which more than five out this week, the first week of July of 2020, explaining all of the economic indicators that we've been researching, explaining why the recession is already over, and talking a little bit more about our economic program and our business program moving forward. Let's jump into the actual numbers so overall globally, there have now been just over 10 million confirmed COVID-19 cases, 522,000 deaths. Good news, more than 5 million recovered. Now, just on those deaths, some simple math, 500,000 divided into 10 million is a case fatality rate of 5%. So that's a number that's being thrown around. However, there continue to be a few assumptions that are linked to that. The assumption continues to be that an unknown number of cases have not been detected. So if 10 million COVID-19 cases is actually 50 million cases, then that CFR, the case fatality rate, is actually 1%, which is not dissimilar to a bad annual flu. The same assumption, though, is that many people have died from COVID-19 without being a confirmed case. And this is especially true in countries where, for economic or political reasons, testing is difficult. Why waste a scarce COVID-19 test on someone who has already died? So that death count, 522,000, is also too low. And sadly, many of the 4 million active cases today will also die from this disease. So if you only look at deaths versus recoveries, then for every 10 people in that group, one has died. Nine have recovered, and that's 10% fatality rate. So just like when we started these weekly updates way back in March of 2020, there are too many unknowns to make firm conclusions about the disease or the flow-on effects it's going to have on our economy, on different sectors, and of course, on your small and medium-sized business into the future. What we do know is that it is ridiculously contagious, a very high ref number. And it doesn't take much for an outbreak to kick off again. Australia has doubled the number of active cases in the past fortnight, up 29% last week, up 51% this week. Two weeks ago, in this economic snapshot, I said my family was planning a local road trip. That's now been cancelled as those numbers skyrocket. Stock markets fairly flat, up slightly again this week. We had some new data from the US around unemployment, one of the other four key indicators that we track in every economic snapshot. The US unemployment figures for June were released and they were another improvement. This represents 3.2 million fewer unemployed people, 3.2 million people who were unemployed last month who are re-employed in June, that percentage down to 11.1%. Now, remember from last month's positive numbers when we had a conversation about those, we're looking at the trend, not any specific bit of data, to help separate lockdown unemployment from recession unemployment. So it's absolutely good news that easing lockdown restrictions have meant millions of people could return to work. But America still has 12 million more unemployed people today than it did in February. If lockdowns recommence, as they're starting to do in California and some other states that have seen a spike in active cases, then the unemployment rate will rise again. So if I had to speculate around the unemployment rates in those three countries that we've been tracking, the UK, the US and Australia, 
In the US, the number will continue to decline. Heading into summer to July, we've got the July 4th weekend happening right now, uh, August, seasonal unemployment picks up and what I consider to be quite stupid, lockdown restrictions continue to ease. So the number of unemployed uh, Americans will continue to decline, but after the northern summer, all three of those countries that we've been tracking will start to converge. Job support programs in the UK and Australia will end or be curtailed significantly. That's going to send those unemployment numbers up in those countries. The US may come down a little bit, uh, but those numbers are going to get a lot closer together than they currently are. That in turn is going to send consumer confidence back down. We're going to start having all of those tertiary effects that are discussed in the Don't Waste a Good Recession cornerstone video on how a recession typically progresses. Lastly, for this week, final GDP numbers for the UK March quarter were released, and as with the USA, they were worse than first reported. Originally, it was negative 2% growth, the worst quarter for the UK since 2008, the Great Recession. It's now been confirmed it was actually worse than that. It was a negative 2.2% growth, or a 2.2% contraction if you speak English, not economist. That's actually the worst quarter for the UK since 1979. The June quarter is projected to be much worse in all three of those countries. The UK only saw GDP growth in one quarter of the past year. So we will call this the coronavirus recession because that is the key impact of this recession, the thing that we are all going to remember from it. But the underlying weakness already existed in many countries. We're all in the same stormy seas, but some economies and some businesses arrived in leaky boats. Until next month, I'm Jacob Aldridge. I am Jacob Aldridge. This is Don't Waste a Good Recession. It is July of 2020, and now that the coronavirus recession is over, we need to relook at the fundamental economic indicators that we've been tracking for your small or medium-sized business. Now, wait, what? What did he say? The recession is over? Well, okay, let's talk technically, because technically, the recession is in fact over. Technically, and I'll use that word a couple of times because there's no clear, concise, consistent definition of a recession versus depression, some of these economic terms. The one that's most commonly used is a technical recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Not GDP contraction, negative growth, because this is economists we're talking about, not humans. A depression, by that definition, is four consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Um, Really, as we saw in Australia during the global financial crisis, you can avoid a technical recession, still have an economic downturn, still see unemployment spike, still have a lot of pain in your business. Technical recession. So in the UK, the USA, Australia, a lot of developed countries, the March quarter of 2020, negative growth. The June quarter, which has not been released at the time I'm filming this, but given the size, the magnitude of the forecasts, in some cases, negative 8% growth has been forecast even if it's half that that's still going to be one of the worst quarters in history for gdp growth so we're going to assume that june is in fact negative march was negative june was negative two consecutive negative quarters of gdp growth that means we have had a recession australia in recession today well the answer to that 
uh, is yes. The third quarter, which is this September quarter, started July, started this week at the time of filming, almost guaranteed because June quarter was so bad, it's almost guaranteed that the September quarter will be some kind of growth. Not back to where we were in March, not back to where we were in 2019, but it will be growth, which means technically negative, negative growth. Fourth quarter for the year may well be negative again. We could potentially fall into uh, a long period before the growth actually takes us back to new highs, new record numbers. My projections are still the second half of 2021. We're having an L-shaped recession. So outside of technically, in reality, the recession is going to continue. Unemployment numbers are going to continue to rise. Consumer confidence is going to come down when some of these employment stimulus packages unwind or stop altogether as is currently forecast. There's going to be a world of hurt and that has all still to wash through many economies, including most of my viewers, the UK, the USA and Australia. So for your small and medium business, almost certainly the worst is yet to come. However, technically, the recession is over. You could pat yourself on the back. It's a great piece of evidence around why using economic indicators to run your business is not necessarily the best idea in the world. Now, having said that, since March, 16 consecutive weeks, I've been putting out the lingering effects indicators. We're going to be here. Four in particular, every week. Active COVID-19 is going to carry on in terms of unemployment Stock numbers, market movements around the world. Unemployment figures fine. and come in, GDP come figures me, in those myself. key economies. And then I put it on YouTube. And We've been tracking those. So technically it is and so I sat myself. down at the end of the June quarter, potentially the end of the technical recession, but really in the early days of what's to come. And I asked myself, what are some of the other economic indicators? Are those four actually delivering what I want in terms of helping you communicate and make better decisions in your small to medium business? And so I have spent much of the last few weeks diving deep into a range of other economic indicators broken into lead indicators, current indicators, and lag indicators. Now to give you an idea of the ones that I have researched, let's wind them up here and just have a little bit of a look. Look, I love economics as much as the next person, but there's a lot of data, as you can see from that list. There's a lot of potential information that goes in. So how do you make sure that it is helpful and not a whole lot of noise? Well, let's break down those indicators uh, a little bit further. Uh, think of time, which is a very, very useful way to think about how you run your business. And indeed, uh, this is a framework that I use for a lot of executive coaching, CEO coaching for how you run your life. There's the past. The past is over, it's behind us. It's the coulda, woulda, shoulda kind of mindset. There's the future, which is yet to be created. Many of us look forward to it someday, one day, when that happens. And there is the present, this present moment. The only moment we ever exist in is the present moment. That's why I call it the point of power. We make choices in the present moment. We make business decisions in the present moment. We communicate with our team in the present moment. That is where all of the power lives. Now, being mindful of the past and looking to the future can help us, but only if we can bring them back into the present. So when we look at all of that economic data, there's those lead indicators, 
which tell us what is going to happen in the future, give us some indication of what's going to happen in the future. The current indicators, which are what's happening right now, and the lag indicators, which tell us what has happened in the past. If I bring up all of that list that I just scrolled through, that's the full list. Uh, if you really want to pause, you can get Googling start researching all of those numbers yourself. Uh, and that's where they sit in terms of lead indicators, current indicators, and lag indicators. What really matters, what I really want to reinforce with you, is the point of power. None of that economic data matters if it doesn't influence you here. This is where decisions are made. Now is when communication is done. This present moment is where your life is created. So what is going to help you, the small to medium-sized business owner, CEO, business leader with two to 500 employees? Here's what I observed diving deep into all of those economic indicators. They are only going to help you in your present moment, your point of power, if they actually also give you three bits of information. Firstly, they have to be country specific. Yes, when America sneezes, the world catches a cold. Yes, when China sneezes, the world catches a cold. But data in your country is going to impact your business much more than data on the other side of the world. It's only going to be helpful if it's relevant to your industry. Hospitality businesses, tourism businesses, haven't been able to make decisions for the last six months based on what's happening with oil production or uh, what's happening with online sales. If the data is not relevant to your industry, it's going to have limited use. And really, it can only help you in this point of power, this moment of decision making, if it also gives you some idea of time frame. A lead indicator can tell you what's going to happen in the future, but if it can't tell you whether that's one month away, six months away, 18 months away, then it's going to have limited predictive value, limited influence on your business, your ability to make strategic decisions. So here's what I did. I took all of those economic indicators that we've been talking about that I had researched. And I compared them to the four businesses I've been working with most through the coronavirus recession. Again, for those who don't know, my work as a business advisor, international business coach, I work with about eight businesses every year. So over the last three or four months, I've been working closely with four businesses and the results, the response that they've had to the recession has varied from a negative 15%, a drop in revenue and decline uh, for an international business to others that are growing by 15, 20%. Uh, one business that has had three record months out of the last four. So we've got that whole range of businesses going from the ones that have been hard hit to the ones who have been uh, doing well regardless or perhaps because of. None of them have been directly impacted by uh, lockdown. They're not hospitality, gymnasiums, those kind of things. Uh, and so I, I went, what are the economic data? What could have been used to actually influence those numbers? Now that we've got months of numbers, let's have a look at the overlap. You know what I found? Very, very limited actual correlation. If we have a look at all of those numbers, they really couldn't have helped those businesses to predict what was coming. In fact, the only two lead indicators that had a strong correlation across all four of those businesses in terms of either revenue or behavior, some of those kind of things, were the number of active coronavirus cases in their geography. So as that went up, businesses had a response. As that declined, businesses responded again. And the stock market, which I've been saying since the beginning, is often a lead indicator. Markets were down in March. 
most of those businesses took a hit in April. In fact, all of them had a hit in April, a, a noticeable impact. Um, markets picked up April, May, June. All of those businesses have picked up again May, June and heading into July. So uh, it's only about a month of a lead indicator during the global financial crisis, the Great Recession. The stock markets were about a six-month lead indicator, so that has contracted, but it is definitely still there and meaningful. All of those other things, everything from uh, you know commodity exports in Brazil to technology exports in South Korea and everything in between had a negligible, very limited impact on the decision making and the actual outcomes for those four businesses. And those two numbers, coronavirus cases and stock markets, are the ones we've been reporting all along anyway. So why is that? Why all of that economic data really not strong enough to actually influence the decision-making, the outcomes in your business. Well, the reality is that there's other data, other factors that are at play. Your business, every business, for example, moves through its own business life cycle. If you've got momentum, acceleration, if you're in the scale-up phase, even a deep recession like we might be facing here is barely going to dent the growth projections that you have if you're in the right industry. And similarly, even a mild economic downturn is going to dramatically impact a business that's already stuck in a brick wall or unable to get over that speed bump in the startup phase. So how your business is going is going to have much more of a, an impact on the future of how your business is going than all of this economic data and noise that exists out there. And that's what I found. The more I looked at the economic data and compared it to how businesses are going, the more I realised that the key numbers were the numbers in your business. The information that had signal wasn't just a whole lot of noise, was your business information. You don't need me, you don't need the evening news, you don't need data about you know, the PMI in China versus the PMI in the USA to make good business decisions. You just need better data about your business. So let's go back here. The past, the future, the present, the point of power. But let's delete the economic snapshot stuff against the lead, current and lag indicators. And let's look at some of the lead, current and lag indicators, not for the economy overall, not for the sort of things that are going to make the evening news or a YouTube video from the best looking recession advisor in the world, but are actually going to make a difference for your business. So if we go into lead indicators very, very quickly for your business, do you have this data? Is your CFO working with you on this data? Are you analyzing this data? Do you know how many inquiries you've got coming in? Number of sales opportunities, the pipeline value, the quick ratio comparing uh, liquid assets, current assets versus uh, current liabilities. Cash on hand or cash at bank, whatever you might call it. Are you tracking how much cash you have? Do you know your current conversion rate? Do you know your current churn rate? And are you measuring some of these things against different business units, different departments, different products, different teams? If you know that one team member, a salesperson, is having a much higher conversion rate than somebody else, that's going to give you useful data. If you know that one product is selling like hotcakes and another product is selling like cold cakes, that's going to give you information, but only if you have that data, you can make decisions now based on the future when you have those lead indicators. What are some of the current indicators for your business? Again, pretty quickly, work in progress, your WIP, daily billings, uh, revenue change as a percentage. Are you tracking how today or this week looks different? How's your gross profit margin looking? Uh, again, is that changing? 
debtors, your accounts receivable, debtor days, so amount and time. Uh, inventory dollars, what are you stocking there? Uh, and then in the lag indicators, we get into some of your usual monthly management financials. Now, these are the kind of things that any accountant, any business advisor ought to be bringing with, to you. Uh, if you have a CFO, external, internal, uh, part-time, uh, they're hopefully not just bringing these to you, but also doing some of that value-add analysis with it. So your monthly indicators are often lag indicators. They're telling you what has already happened. This is now in the past. So your revenue last month, margin, gross profit margin, net profit margin, operating profit margin. Uh, the valuation of your business. Do you have a valuation formula for your business? What was your break-even point last month, last quarter? Has that changed? How's the cash flow looking? Uh, your balance sheet and, of course, changes, variances, to your P&L, to your balance sheet uh, compared to previous months, previous years, or to budget. That can look like a lot of indicators for you as a business owner. I would challenge you if you feel that that is a lot to try just getting used to more than what you're currently looking at. Have a look at that list, pause the video if you need to. How many of those indicators are you currently getting in a timely manner? And if you look at some of the lead indicators, are you getting those in a timely manner or are you getting them after the fact? Because it's no point knowing that sales opportunities were down last month. You want to know that sales opportunities are down now so that you can do something about it now in this point of power to make a difference for next month. That's what makes it a lead indicator. I know business owners who do this themselves or they've got teams that do it. There are some incredible people that I recommend who can automate some of these dashboards so you can actually see a lot of this information in real time. One of my clients who is in that category of having had record month after record month even during the coronavirus recession, they have a television in the middle of their office dedicated to their dashboard and they've got some even micro indicators that are relevant just to them so that they can look at that and immediately see across all three of those time frames the lead indicators the current indicators the lag indicators the business owner has that data and everybody who is in that business has access to that data to be able to make meaningful decisions in the point of power the great thing about your indicators being in your business as opposed to being in the nightly news. Links back to this diagram, which we talked about in Don't Waste a Good Recession presentation four. Back in the, the recession first started, we were in the respond phase of the recession. We were doing longer videos uh, covering a range of different topics about things you needed to do in your business. We did one on fear and control, episode four. It's up on YouTube. We talked about these three circles. The circle of control, the things that you can 100% control. Circle of influence, which are the things that you can influence, you can't fully control, but you can influence. And the circle of concern, which are the things that are outside of your influence, but which may concern you or impact your decision making. Your economic snapshot, the indicators in your business, live entirely within your circle of control or your circle of influence. The wider economic snapshot, PMI, Brazilian commodity exports, all of those things live in the circle of concern. You can't influence those economic fundamentals. However, they can, if you let them, influence your emotions, your communication, your decision making. You can't change the outcomes, but they can change you. 
what you need to do in your business, especially during a recession, is to bring everything you can within the circle of control or the circle of influence and not let the circle of concern impact your emotions, your business in a negative way. And that points again to having the economic indicators, the economic fundamentals for your business, not the ones that are outside, that are outside of your control and just get caught up in all of the news. So where does that leave me? I'm still going to be producing an economic snapshot video for Don't Waste a Good Recession. It's just going to be monthly, not weekly. In that way, even though I'll still be tracking the data weekly, we'll be able to talk a little bit more about signal, get caught up a little bit less in the noise, and most importantly, create more time in my world and my business to dive a little bit deeper on some of the things that I've been neglecting while focusing on the economic fundamentals. So your communication, your feelings, how that's influencing you as a leader and the decision making you need to be making in your business moving forward. Now, absolutely, if there are some major things that change, we will be discussing them. And I will still be sending out by email to the Don't Waste a Good Recession subscribers from jacobaldridge.com and for those of you who are subscribed on YouTube or to the podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform, you'll still be getting weekly updates from me. Sometimes they'll have more of an economic bent. Sometimes they will dive deeper into some of those more meaningful conversations to add value across the whole of your business and your organization. And absolutely, as you dive into those indicators for your business, if you need more of a conversation, need more support around them, that is my business. Helping you with those is something that I would love the opportunity to do wherever you are in the world. And of course, I do have a team of experts to help dive deep into financial analysis or into the meaning of any of those metrics that might be coming up. So do feel good at any time reaching out to have a conversation with me or to get an introduction to any of my network around the world about how those indicators and your business are faring through the coronavirus recession. For those who have been sending great comments about the economic snapshot, I'm sure you're going to be excited to know that we are continuing it, even though technically the recession is over. Uh, for some of the rest of you who are maybe getting sick of me talking about what the stock markets are doing and want me to get back to some of the things that are actually going to help you, stay tuned, make sure you subscribe. I will see you in your inbox or on YouTube next week.